Hey, it's Amelia, aka Big Tit. And I'm Natasha, aka Little Tit. And together, we're, we're the, the Graveyard, Graveyard Girls. Hello. Hello. Uh, it's a... Patreon. No, no, normal episode. Oh. I said I'd do Patreon next. Yes, you did. We, it was just because we were discussing Patreon. Yeah. I am awake. Okay. Mm. Um, do we have anything important to share before I jump into this uh, case? We have new merch. Yes. But we would have had new merch weeks before this comes out anyway. Yeah. Maybe we'll have oh, some new on ones. On that note, I was really impressed because the reel that, from where we are now, the reel that you shared yesterday, which won't be yesterday when this episode mm-hmm. comes out, you posted the thing and I was like, oh, I don't know when the episode comes out. Is it the end of July, August? And I know. it was literally like the 1st of August. I was, oh, 2nd of August. I was well impressed with myself. I was like, oh, fucking genius. I don't know if that was the correct um, sound bite. So I was just like, I should use it anyway because I wasn't <laughs> sure which episode. And I remember it was which... from that episode. Okay, yeah, that, good. It was, that was good at my point. You know, when you're mentally trying to think how many weeks yeah. ahead you are, and I was like, just guess, it's like end of July, first week of August, and it was literally the second of yeah. August, which was in the week of the end of July, beginning mm. of August. So you know, fucking genius. Well, we we are trying to keep ahead of ourselves because yeah. we've got lots of plans which keep falling apart. But we are being pre- yeah, we're hoping if we can get ahead with recording, yeah. then we can do other stuff. That yeah, get ahead down, and get the other stuff done. Yep. But we keep pushing up behind mm. because. I don't know. We can't adult. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> uh, we do have we we um we could mention Clara's. Yes. So um we've teamed up. I mean, it's not cheating because I'm kind of part of it, but we've teamed up with my sister, who basically is the illustrator for Beaking Co. Which she's now finally launched her business after years of me trying to push her to do it. Um, she's she sorted that out so we've obviously teamed up with her and she's provided a load of artwork for us for the graveyard girls um which some of it will obviously be on the graveyardgirls.co.uk mm-hmm. um but then if she'll do more personalized ones so like we'll have a set amount that she sends to us that she pre-makes and that'll be available through our website but then if you actually go to her website which is beakyandco. i don't I can't remember if it's .com or .co.uk I, th- I want to say .co.uk. I'll include it in the uh, description yeah, notes. Yeah, I'll find it. <laughs> um, and I'll tag it as well on the Instagram and mm-hmm. TikTok. Um, but yeah, she'll have more options on there and she'll have more colours. Like, you'll be able to customise it to whatever you want. So, depending on whichever you want, go to either website mm-hmm. and you better get what you want. And she'll do some other bits for us in the future as well. Yeah. I know she's looked at doing some artwork for us. Um, and then there's some bits we might maybe add on a tier as Patreon as well. Yes. Um, so that'll be exclusive. So that's something to keep an eye out for in the coming months. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. I think that's um, it. I don't yeah, know. We, we in... spoke a lot this morning, so I can't remember what we can share or not. I know. I'm weirdly tired. Like, I feel like I've... I'm really tired. I feel like I've been awake for hours. Like, I feel like it's the evening. Yeah. And like, I'm ready for bed. <laughs> also, it's kind of like the sun... It's not setting, but it's... it looks like it's setting yeah. in here. And it's muggy. Yes. Like, I'm hot. I don't have Thunderhead. I don't have Thunderhead today, but I do feel... It feels close. Yeah, I feel a bit lethargic. Yes. So, I don't know. It could be interesting. We'll see how this case goes. Do you have murder? I do have okay, murder. Okay, that, that'll be fine. So, this episode, I'm going to call Murdered or Misunderstood. Okay. I think a murder is a murder unless it's not... Well, we're There's not... one or the other... <laughs> I'm going to explain what okay. comes to this because okay. this week I have a slightly puzzling and very messy mystery. For oh, us to you're going to give us like headaches. Not necessarily a headache. There's just 
a lot to it, but also not a lot to it. Okay. Head scratcher okay. then. Okay. 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 So I say puzzling because there's conflict over whether this lady was murdered or if her dying account was misunderstood and in fact she died as the result of an accident. Okay. Okay. Because the statements are based off her dying, not confession, but she, she she's found. Her final she, words. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you'll understand what I mean as I'm saying on, it's more I think a thing for the time and the way people were very... Um, they didn't like to talk about certain topics, so they used other words for it, but it could also be misunderstood for other things, so... Did she die in a kinky sex thing? No. Oh, okay. Okay, but they the may be sex, there may be sex involved. Okay. Okay. So, this mystery concerns the death of Evelyn uh, Foster in 1931. Mm-hmm. On the 6th of January in 1931, a bus driver and his conductor would stumble across the injured body of 27-year-old Evelyn Foster. Having clearly sustained some burns and bruises, she had been found laying in a patch of ice that had previously formed on the grass. Low flames and smokes could be seen in the distance, which would turn out to be coming from the remains of Evelyn's taxi. Okay, so big mystery. Okay. Rescued by the pair, she would be taken back home to her family, where unfortunately she would pass away just a number of hours later. So how did Evelyn find herself in this situation? I don't know, I'm very confused. Okay, well, don't worry, Natasha, because I will explain. Is a taxi on fire? I, I shall explain. Okay, so Evelyn is a 27-year-old lady who lives in the village of Otterburn in Northumberland. It's a relatively remote area, which is picturesque in the summer, but rather bleak in the winter. Mm-hmm. So very, very remote, quite moorland, mm. sort of like... So if you think traditional moorland, old period dramas, that's what it's going to be like, basically. It's a small, self-sufficient village comprising of small farms, a school, as well as an old coaching inn and the Percy Arms, which was a popular stop-off for tourists and those that were travelling for work in the area. Mm-hmm. So very small. I'm thinking more hamlet rather than a village, so mm. literally a handful of houses. Um, there's the couple of pubs, uh, a doctor's... Uh, not a doctor, sorry, a school, and then there's going to be a garage as well. Okay. So Evelyn was a taxi driver at the garage run by her father, Joseph. Ooh, she was a taxi driver? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and her father, Joseph, obviously worked, ran the garage, but he also provided the local bus service. So all very family run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Evelyn was single and financially independent. Uh, sorry. Evelyn was a single, financially independent young woman who enjoyed her job. She still lived at home with her family in the village and generally seemed happy in life. Okay. That would all change on the 6th of January, when she would come to collect her final customer. Oh, no. Mm. From here on in, there's a very confusing picture as to exactly what happened, and it is comprised of fragmented statements from Evelyn to her mother as she lay dying um, in her bed, as well as statements given by those who tried to piece together exactly what had happened on the night. Okay. Okay. So it's very hearsay sort of comments, and it's, this is what she said. Okay. So not allowed in court. Yeah. So it wasn't statements that she made directly to the police. It was ones the police obviously turned up after she'd unfortunately passed away. So these statements are based off what her mother had said, mm-hmm. Evelyn had said to her. Okay. Okay. So Evelyn had spent the date work as usual and was leaving a, a place called Rochester to head back home to Otterburn. Mm-hmm. It would be in Ellishaw that she was flagged down by a man stood beside a parked car. She heard him say thank you for the lift to the occupants of that car that he was stood by. He then walks over to her, asking for a lift to Otterburn. Mm-hmm. She agrees. According to Evelyn, 
to have a they had a general conversation in the car the man had plans to travel to newcastle from otterburn uh, by bus evelyn of course knowing the bus service rather well points out that he will have missed the last bus and so offers to take him to Ponteland, where he can get a late service that is still running mm-hmm. they discuss the cost of the fare and she quotes him two pounds also telling him that she'd have to stop off for petrol along the way her plan being to refill at the family garage okay okay that would also would allow her to nip home and tell her family oh i'm gonna be a bit longer because i've got to drop this fare off so yeah. means family knows what's going on the car did have um a two gallon can of petrol in the back of the car but this was for emergencies and she wanted to avoid having to use it if she could the man was fine with this and asked that she drop him in the village while she goes home to fill up because it's not like now you could quickly fill up it takes several minutes mm. so she presumed this was because he wanted to have a nosy around the village or would maybe try his luck at hitching a free lift from Otterburn to Pontyland, which would be cheaper than paying the full fare. Yeah. Okay. Either way, they agreed to meet back up at the Percy Arms in the centre of the village. According to Evelyn's mum, she arrived back at the garage at 7pm, explaining that she'd picked up a man and would be taking him to Pontyland once she'd filled up the car. Taxi... So- <laughs> I don't know, it's because I said car instead of taxi and that was the next word. Evelyn described the man as a respectable gentleman, well-dressed, wearing a bowler hat. Due to the time of night, Dorothy, Evelyn's sister, suggested that George Philipson, who was a trusted family friend, ride along in the taxi for added safety. Evelyn declined, stating that she'd be fine, she felt comfortable with the man, and left the garage alone at 7.15. Mm-hmm. Okay. Minutes later, she collected the man from the Percy Arms and set out to Ponderland. Okay, so bear in mind this is all still her account. According to accounts made by Evelyn to her mother after the incident, the first ten minutes of the journey consisted of polite conversation and noted that he smoked a large amount of cigarettes. He knows lot, lots about the Midlands area but was unfamiliar with the North East. They didn't discuss his past, work or family affairs. Mm. Okay. As they reached the village, a village called Belsey, there was some sort of argument, not clear exactly what it was about, but that the man had demanded control of the car, which she objected to. Mm. He then proceeded to grab the steering wheel, forcing her back against the driver's door. There's a bench seat at the front of the car, which has a low back, meaning it would be possible for her to clamber into the back of the car. Whether she did this or not is not actually clear. Evelyn then stated that she he turned the car around and headed back to Otterburn until he pulled over at a place known as Wolf's Nick and that's approximately four miles away from the village Otterburn where she lives. Okay. Okay. Why the man decided to stop there is not known and from here on in, Evelyn's accounts get more and more vague. She states that she briefly remembers being in the back... Sorry, she briefly remembers being back in the front of the car again but this time on the passenger side. Then there is another argument. Evelyn's mother, obviously presuming the worst, but perhaps not knowing how to broach the trippy, tricky um, subject, okay, yes. simply asks, did he interfere with you? Yeah. Evelyn says yes, and then her mother takes that to mean that she had been raped. Mm-hmm. Evelyn then simply added that she fought for her life. Yeah. Okay. She says she doesn't remember much more as she lost consciousness and all she knew that she was in the back of the car again. She thinks she recalls either a coat or a blanket being thrown over her and that the man took a bottle or a tin from his pocket and threw its contents over her. She remembers nothing until she was jolted by a car travelling over rough ground. The car at this point was on fire. With a lot of effort, she struggled out to the back of the car, badly burnt, she crawled to Moorland, 
and to what I'm presuming she believes is the road. Mm. The car is now well ablaze. Evelyn wouldn't be discovered until 10pm when the bus driver Cecil Johnson and his conductor Thomas Rutherford were making a return journey uh, with their bus from Newcastle to Otterburn. Mm -hmm. It wasn't Evelyn that they noticed at first, but a considerable amount of smoke, which I'm presuming then led them to slow down. It was then that they noticed low flames and Evelyn's body lying on a patch of ice in the grass. It was obvious that she had burned, most of her clothing from the neck down was destroyed and she had laboured breathing. The front of her face was burnt and she had some sort of injury to the back of her head, but her hair was untouched. This would later be put down to the fact that Evelyn um, had been seen wearing a hat when she left. However, that hat would never be seen again. Okay. Okay. So Cecil and Thomas carried her to the bus and because they knew who she was, they drove her to her family home. When they arrived, not realising quite the seriousness of their injuries, they put her to bed and Cecil and Thomas uh, went to fetch the district nurse. Mm. Um, Now, because it's a rural area, there's no local doctors or nearby hospitals, so it was normal for them to just go and get the nurse. That wasn't out of character, uh, not out of character, but not abnormal. Okay. In the meantime, Joseph, Evelyn's father, made a call for a doctor and one to the police. The nurse arrived first and did her best to do what she could, but it was obvious the nur- uh, to the nurse that her injuries were so severe. The nearest doctor was eight miles away and he arrived half an hour after the nurse, followed shortly by the police. Dr. Ekron quickly realised he wasn't going to be able to do much um, more than make her comfortable and did this by administering pain relief. Obviously, by this point, uh, Evelyn was no longer coherent, and so not being able to get much information directly from Evelyn, the officers remained at the house to take statements from the family, while PC William Turnbull was sent out to the scene to try and establish what had happened. The scene was not visible from the road and appeared to have remained untouched. However, it was dark, and by this point, the crime scene had been left unguarded for nearly eight hours. So, Mm. in theory, anyone could have walked up at this point and contaminated the scene. A few hours later, PC Ferguson and PC Proud, who had been at the Foster's home taking statements, now joined PC Turnbull at the crime scene. And this is where the case gets messy in terms of evidence. It wasn't, there wasn't much done in the way to preserve the scene and ultimately meaning the crime scene and evidence was cont- contaminated um, along with the items in the car as they'd both been touched and removed. Okay. Okay. So they did sort of have protocol at this point, but I'm thinking because they're little rural... Count, like county police mm-hmm. i don't think they're as hot on it as they are in the towns so the whole following things and preserving crime scenes still wasn't done that effectively especially if they didn't go straight to the crime scene they went to evelyn first so yeah. then they have to find the crime scene and that's it and yeah. then i think when they get to the crime scenes they're sort of looking mm. around and touching things which obviously we know they shouldn't be doing because that yep. ruins the chance for fingerprints yep okay All that could be properly ascertained at the time was that the four-door Hudson car was burnt from the inside out, as all the leather seating had been burnt away. Mm. The engine was undamaged, so that wasn't the cause of the fire. Both doors on the offside were open, and an empty petrol can was found. However, one officer claimed it was on the back seat, while another had noted it was lying on its side by the back of the car. So could this be because one arrived later than the other one had taken it out to see if it was empty and then sort of not discarded but laid it down on the floor next to the car and there was a discrepancy between the two officers yeah okay a burnt woman's purse still containing money was behind the back wheel of the driver's side the grass and the heather wasn't burnt around the car and the car was still in gear 
The car's petrol tank was intact, so there hadn't been an explosion. Obviously, the police aren't off to a great start, and they have no idea as to who this mystery man is, given his vague description. So they set about trying to track down the occupants of the car in which the mystery man had come from when he initially flagged Evelyn down. I think, though, however, in them focusing on that, it sent them into a bit of a wild goose chase because we only know about these men because of what Evelyn said to her mother. So we don't even know if they're real men. Mm. Okay. And ultimately, it didn't help them because they never tracked them down. Okay. Okay. Despite the fact that the police uh, were remote and had very few vehicles in which they could carry out inquiries, the police station did have a reasonably good telephone links with other police forces. So by the late morning of seventh, the 7th of January, so literally a few hours later, most police forces in northern England and southern Scotland were aware of the incident. Police also made appeals through the BBC, so it would have been radio at that time, mm-hmm. and it was broadcast on January the 7th and carried by all national newspapers. Despite the fact they were obviously sent it out everywhere they still were not able to trace the occupants of this original car but they also didn't know what the occupants had no description for these three men in the car okay so looking for three men together oh that's just a one man yeah who dropped another man off so very vague okay okay so obviously they were mostly working on accounts given by evelyn's evelyn's mom by evelyn so it's not a direct statement the only other thing they could work with was the fact that Evelyn had been to Otterburn at 7pm to refill. Mm. So they set about the village looking for witnesses who may have seen or spoken to the mystery man. As an outsider, you would have expected locals to notice such a person. However, no one claimed to have seen a man or Evelyn picking anybody up. So where, where is the mystery man? Okay. Okay. They managed to locate a driver who had noticed a fire from the road whilst driving home, but he hadn't stopped as he hadn't realised the seriousness of the incident, mm. nor had he seen Evelyn's body, and more crucially, he hadn't seen a man walking down the road away from the scene. It was a ghost. <sighs> so, please, at this point, I'm sort of thinking, okay, well, we have no evidence of this mystery man, so what's going on? Police also couldn't work out if the car had been driven off the road or was left driverless, Mm. okay? With a lack of supporting evidence, Chief Constable Fullerton started to force his concern over the lack um, of the evidence and this... uh, Sorry, started to force his concern over the lack of evidence of this man and started to cast doubts on the account Evelyn had given. Okay. The family, obviously not happy with this, challenged the police. An incro... An inquest was held in February, but it wouldn't bring much comfort to the family. Mrs. Foster would, of course, uh, be their key witness, as she, and she was very clear in her statements and recalled everything exactly the same as she'd done on the night. She would obviously be cross-examined by Northumberland's uh, police's legal team, their intention to call into question the meaning of parts of her testimony, and this is where it gets a bit messed up. Now, partly I think it's due to a lack of understanding around what was considered rape. So mm-hmm. you have to remember the time. Yes. Um, I'd, we wouldn't agree with what's going to be said next. We would think it's wrong, but I think you have to take into consider the uh, time, okay? So as I mentioned earlier, Mrs. Foster had asked Evelyn if she'd been interfered with, not did he rape you, mm-hmm. to which um, uh, Evelyn replied yes. Now, the legal team are about to suggest that by not directly asking did he rape you, either Evelyn didn't understand what her mother was referring to or Mrs. Foster had misheard or misunderstood her daughter's response, okay? Mm -hmm. The police were working on the theory 
that this had been, obviously based on the mother's statement, the police were working on the theory that this had been a sexually motivated crime. And so when an autopsy was reformed, they were performed, they asked for evidence of this. Now, due to our modern understanding of rape and sexual assault, what I'm about to tell you is wrong, or at least wouldn't be accepted of proof as no assault today. Okay. Okay. So the coroner did check her, obviously, um, but she was badly burnt in her pubic area, but he remarked that she remained intact and believed she had never engaged in sexual intercourse. Therefore, she hadn't been raped. That's... Okay. Yeah, no. Nope. This turned the case on its head and is probably why... Um, in the more recent days in terms of the case, the police chiefs had called into question Mrs. Foster's statements. So obviously adding that to the fact at the time, their understanding is of rape is obviously you've got to be penetrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, if it's your husband or whatever at that time, it's not classed as rape. Mm. We would now, if someone touched you inappropriately, yep. that would still be classed as a sexual assault. Yep. In those days, it wasn't. No. So Evelyn could have been right. She mm-hmm. could have understood what her mum meant and she could have been touched inappropriately. Yeah, she doesn't have 27. to have pen- Yeah, she doesn't have yeah. to have been penetrated. But yeah. also the burning, I don't think for me, I still don't think they were classic. No. I don't see how he can say she's definitely intact if she was also so badly burnt. But also he doesn't have to have penetrated her exactly. to have sexually assaulted her. So Evelyn could have said yes because he could have tried to interfere with her. He could have put his hand up her skirt yeah, or trousers he could have or done anything. down her top. Yep. He could have touched another part or something that she deemed sexual and unwanted. Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand what the police mean by the mum didn't mm-hmm. outright ask, did he rape you? But, the but she's a 27-year-old who probably understands what her mum's referring mm-hmm. to and she's going to be like, yes. But yeah, so the police obviously went with, well, the coroner didn't find any evidence of this, so it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got to remember at the time, that was normal. Not that they didn't take sexual assault seriously, because obviously people were still heavily punished for Mm. things like rape, if it was proven. Mm. But what they considered rape and sexual assault is not not what we would today. So ultimately, you add that to the fact that they hadn't been able to find this mystery man, Mm -hmm. they're now calling into question Evelyn's accounts. Mm -hmm. Okay? So... The police instead would put forward a number of theories. One being that Evelyn had lied and done it for the insurance money and hadn't intended to kill herself, but that the car had caught fire too quickly and she couldn't escape in time. Okay? I don't agree with this. No. Okay? Another was that Evelyn did know the man, but didn't think her family would approve, so lied pretending that she didn't know the man and was meeting him somewhere else for some kind of date that ultimately went wrong. Maybe he did attack her, not sexually motivated, though he killed her and so staged a scene and set it on fire to either get rid of the evidence or make it look like someone else had done it. For the police, this would then mean it could have been a local man, which would explain why the villagers didn't notice an outsider. So there was no mystery man, it was someone they knew. Slightly more plausible. Yeah, but maybe the man who's from the Midlands is on the run from the Midlands, so he kind of mm-hmm. kept away from everyone. Yeah, and also he could be travelling for work, yeah. so he could be vagrant. <laughs> He's Yeah, he could... Just because no one saw him doesn't mean that he didn't exist. Yeah, and I think that's what the police are holding so heavily down, is the fact that... You, I mean, at this time, you think how nosy those little villages are. Mm-hmm. You would have expected them to notice an outsider, because ultimately, what that was a good 15 minutes that he was wandering around that village. What did he do? There's not many places to go to. It would have either been the coaching inn or the Percy Arms. Well, yeah. I kind of think he's on the run. 
But you would have still expected the villagers to have noticed. Yeah, maybe. No man came in, but also they never saw Evelyn come back. No one saw Evelyn go back to the Percy Arms to collect him. So you would have at least expected them Mm. to have seen her car collecting someone. No one saw her car, which is where the police then, because they didn't believe the assault thing, they believed that she'd prearranged to meet a man that maybe her family wouldn't approve of. Because you know at those times, you can't just say, well, I'm meeting a man. So had she maybe agreed to meet a man outside of the village... On the, but she's telling her family, oh, I had a fare to pick up. Mm-hmm. She drives off. She doesn't pick the man up, obviously, from Percy Arms. She meets him somewhere else. Mm. I do think in that sense that is plausible. That is plausible. Of course it is. Um, I still think she was right in the fact that she was assaulted. Yeah. Um, obviously, but their police's understanding of mm-hmm. that is wrong. I also think because the police very quickly... Obviously, the police would have known before the court and the family about what the autopsy findings. So I think that very quickly made them stop looking, treating it as a sexually motivated crime. And I think they were looking in all the wrong places. So they very quickly not only changed their mind, mm. but they didn't investigate it properly in the first no, place. Like, how are they ever going to track down those three men? Like, I get their theory behind it, because if they could find those three men, yeah, they might they have don't known know who, who that yeah, man was. They don't know who they're looking for, though. Yeah, so all they did was go back to um, the village in Rochester... Uh, no, like Eli Shaw, so... Oh, Ellis Shaw, sorry. Um go back there to try and find the car. But how do we know that those three men weren't mm. also travelling people? Mm. So I think they went back to that village in the hope that someone would go, oh, yes, I remember that car. Mm. Um, it had so-and-so in it. They had no um, leads. They were just grasping straws. Yeah. So they did a good thing of being able to get it out for mm. the whole of North England and Southern Scotland. I think that was... In that sense, they did well. They were on it quick. Yeah. And they broadcast it very well. But they didn't have enough of a description no. of these men. Just look for a man. Yeah. <laughs> So where do they go with that? I think they were hoping that there would be a one-off lead, like someone would have noticed something mm. or someone would have seen this mystery man because he would have had to take... There's only one road yeah. this morning. So he would have had... If he'd walked away from the scene, he would have had to go down this road. There was cars travelling, but no one had seen this man on the road. Mm. So either he ran in the opposite direction more into the moorland, mm. which for the time of year would be quite risky. It's very bleak in January. Yeah, yeah. He's not got... Unless he's already got provisions, he's going to struggle to survive and if he doesn't know the area mm. quite tricky which does throw up a bit of a well i'm assuming he... the contents that were dumped on her was the petrol i think so okay. as well um yeah it would have been empty yeah. inside the car because like i said the petrol tank was empty um yeah and it, and it was intact so it hadn't exploded so it's not like the petrol had caught fire and the mm. engine then exploded the car that way and that's yeah. how it's on fire that was all still intact um obviously the fact that the police officers had different ideas about whether the petrol can was outside and inside are two varying things. I think that's a mistake on their part. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, at that time, obviously Scotland Yard, for murder cases, they would have been brought in. They they weren't initially on this case, and I think it's... Because it's not sure if it's a murder or Mm -hmm. not. Okay, I get, I see why you've named it this. Okay. Okay, so is it murder or is it misunderstood? I think it was still a murder. I don't think it was an accident but also where's this mystery man where mm. did he go because he did a very good job of covering his tracks and like that's why i'm before, thinking like he's on the run already yeah especially maybe. like he never like spoke about like his family life he just knows a lot about the midlands yeah it, it just seems like he's on but the then run because you think when you get a taxi how much do you tell them about yourself oh i don't know some some it depends some how talk a lot are. yeah and you're yeah, like but do you know what i mean be... you're not gonna be like like sometimes you do say oh well, i'm going mm. to my phone I'm, I'm here for work but it's do you know what i mean it yeah. it's very hard to 
I don't think everyone always necessarily has that thing, and she might not have wanted to ask no. questions. Um, but the fact that she said he was in the front as well, I don't know whether that's. I don't. I always naturally sit in the back of a taxi, but I think it just depends on the person. Yeah. So I don't know. He might have been more confident. Obviously, it's very sketchy, and obviously, effectively, it's her dying account. So. Or maybe he was on the back seat, and then like once they like got back in the car, she was just like, "Yeah, you can just sit in the front with me." Yeah. Maybe. So it's obviously very sketchy the evidence and ultimately mm. the police never took a statement directly from her so it's all what the mum said mm. so has the mum added bits because there is that thing well, yeah, could have added yeah. it and I think I felt sorry for the mum because obviously um, the police effect- well they had to cross examine her because she's effectively the key witness Yeah. but they're also ripping to shreds yeah. everything that she said and not really I felt like they already didn't believe her yeah um I think because then they, they can't see, like, the sexual assault, so therefore none of it is true. Yeah, and they can't find this mystery man, and no one in the village mm-hmm. saw the mystery man. So I think they just think there wasn't the man in the first place. But I, I I do think there was a man. I do think she was murdered, and I do think she was sexually assaulted. Yep. But I do wonder if in this part, this is where the police are correct, if he might have not been a fair, if it could have been a man that she was wanting to meet up, maybe someone that she liked... And it went a bit wrong. Maybe he thought he'd killed her and hadn't mm. and then set the car on Maybe. fire. But also, did he drive it off the road mm. and then get out and set it on fire? Or did he sort of jump, jump out, out with the doors That's why open? one door's open, she gets out the other side. Yeah. So that's why both doors were open, weren't they? Yeah, both doors on one side. So she would have been got oh, out okay. the back one. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah. yeah, that would be plausible, yeah. Because in that sense, he wouldn't necessarily know whether she's still alive or not. If he jumped mm. out from the main road and then either ran or carried on walking. Mm. I mean, in theory, someone probably should have seen him on that road. But also, I don't think there would have been a massive amount of cars. No, so it's, it, I know it's the only road in and out, but I don't think there would have been a lot. He could have easily hidden. I felt like he would have been able to see or hear mm. a car in the distance to give him enough time. To hide. To hide. Yeah. Um, That's plausible. That's probably most likely. Yeah, because he could just lie in a bit of long grass. Like, I know there's not really going to be hedgerows and trees and stuff. It is mainly going to just be flat grass, but it'd be quite long. Mm. So he could probably duck down. And if it's getting dark, mm. it's not like car lights today. Unless people are going to have their eyes on the road, they're not going to be looking in yeah, surrounding areas. go for areas. a walk out there, like, past nine o'clock at night or... Especially yeah. in winter. It's so dark. Exactly. And you think this is Moreland, so mm. it's, like, the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I just think it's... I don't know. It's I a think very a messy one. It's there's not really enough evidence she's not going to do it to herself to get insurance money yeah i don't believe that at all i think it was just another theory that police were throwing out there because they couldn't there was no evidence of this man and they also i don't know they kind of cocked that's that's why i think he's on the run he was kind of hiding he was like yeah yeah i'll just go wait around somewhere and then we leave yeah, yeah, it was a bit iffy. But Especially if he's already planning to murder her, he's not going to want to be seen. Exactly. But I also agree with, if her, if Evelyn's statement's correct, she believed it was because he was going to try and hitchhike a free lift from there mm. to others to cut down his fare. Mm. Which, again, seems plausible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's why I wanted to look around the village. Or maybe yeah. he generally just did want a drink before yeah. she picked up. I don't yeah. know. Um, or again, if or, you want to go with the police theory, she's meeting another man. Obviously, he's not going to be there in the village anyway because she's meeting him outside of the village. Mm. So she's just saying because mm. the parents, the mum and the sister, never saw the man. Yeah. Because obviously, he would have already been dropped yeah. off at the Percy Arms at one end of the village. She's gone to the garage at the other end, filled up, and gone back to pick him up. Mm. So they they're only going based off the description. I'm presuming the mum going, oh well, what's he like? Mm. 
and she would have gone, oh, well, he's like this, blah, blah, blah. I, I feel comfortable with him. And the sister's obviously gone, oh, well, I think you should take a friend George with you, you know, so it's safe. Oh, no, no, I feel comfortable with this man. If she's already agreed to meet up with a man for mm. a date, she's not going to want someone to... Yes, I know, it's fine. ...come with it. Do you know what I yeah. mean? She obviously felt comfortable enough. She obviously didn't believe anything yeah. bad was going to happen. Of course not, otherwise she wouldn't have gone. Mm. So... I do, I do wonder if maybe it was someone that she liked, and it could have then. It means it would be a local person, and the police were just looking in the wrong place to start off with. But then, mm. where would you start with that? But then I think also if she is gravely ill, maybe she'd be like, "Yeah, it's been George this entire time." Yeah, tr- yeah, true. Yeah, or maybe she was trying to get it out of the story, and then she just couldn't finish the story because she mm. died. Maybe. Because as the, as the statements went on, they were getting more and more vague. Yeah. It was like, because in my head, I'm sort of thinking the woman going, well, what happened then? Like, where did you bring him up from? And she's maybe trying to tell the mm. story and the woman's trying to get this out. But obviously, you know, like, she's dying, slowly dying. But then I think if she's incoherent, then she might be like, yeah, George did it. Yeah. And then be like, oh, damn. Or did maybe the mum want to protect it because it was someone that they knew. Dun, dun, dun. So the mum pretended that she didn't know who it she's was. She's not going to protect the killer of her daughter. No, true. But... That's another theory mm. out there. So yeah, I don't know who the mystery man was. There's no evidence of him. I don't know. Maybe. Definitely murder. But yeah, so I don't know. Or maybe Evelyn didn't even realise. Maybe she thought he was still alive in the car and didn't believe it that he was trying to kill her. So I suppose is that theory. If, she, if it is, let's say it is a lover of hers, maybe she thinks he's still okay and doesn't want to get him in any trouble. Uh, he did that stuff to you. Uh, maybe... But then could you say the mum did misunderstand? I don't know. Uh, it's very tricky, isn't mm. it? Because I, I don't believe the mum did understand. I do think there was... Ultimately, I do think there was a man. And it. he did... I don't know if he intended to murder her, but... I think he did. I think... I don't know. I think he was going in with the whole sexual assault and then he just took it a bit too far. Mm. Well... I feel like she fought back. Yeah. And then he wasn't expecting that. And then he maybe struck her. And then was like, oh shit, I think she's dead. And then thought, well, what do I do now? I'm going to have to... Burn oh, Yeah, I'm going to have to burn her. Yeah. So, because if she'd gone unconscious, he might have mistaken that for her being dead. And he thinks, well, I'll just be quicker to set mm. the car on fire and do a runner. Mm. Not realising that she was actually still alive. Maybe. Never know. Either oh, way. Never know. <laughs> Either way, it's murder. <laughs> yeah. I think it's murder. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's n- never been solved and I can't see it being solved. No. It's a tricky one. I think there was a lot of... I think the police just started off mm. looking in the wrong place. And then I think as soon as they decided after that autopsy fi- those autopsy findings, I think they just then decided it wasn't murder. And, yeah, kind of not gave up on the case, but rounded it down yeah. very quickly and didn't treat it as murder. No. And I think that's where the problem lies. Most likely, yeah, because I, they didn't believe part of the story, therefore that throws out the rest of the story. Yeah. And it, it must be hard as well. Like I, I think the police are wrong. They didn't do enough. But then at the same time, there is that element of if they have not got a direct statement from Evelyn, it literally is hearsay. Like how mm. do they know mm. what the mum's saying is to be true? How do they know that the mum's not added stuff? Yeah, they don't. So yeah, it's not even like they can go off a statement that she's given. So yeah, it's tricky all round. It mm. was going to be difficult from the start. There's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, unfortunately for Evelyn. We're never going to know. But I thought it was a good mystery. Yeah. Because 
well, it's genuinely a mystery. Well, yes, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, and it fits in with the true crime. So I thought it, it was does. the perfect case it is. in that sense. It's a mixture of the true crime it's and mysteries. To, yeah, it's one to get you thinking anyway. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think that's it for today. It is. Uh, in the meantime. Keep creeping. And we'll keep digging. <laughs>